Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A lot of scary things we've been discussing as of late on the Gaines podcast. We've talked about the Dow theory being bearish. Though the market had a huge day, seems like uh, it rallied on hopes that the world is opening up again and we're starting to distance ourselves. We're putting COVID behind us. Fingers crossed on that front. Uh, we've talked about inflation. Everything getting much more expensive. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine and the premium being put already on rising oil prices. Another big issue we see coming down the line is global food shortages. And that's the issue we're going to tackle today. A potential global food shortage and what that means for economies and investments. I'm Andy Gersher and this is Gain. All right, let's bring on Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. That's Bush spelled B-U-S-C-H. So again, his website, andrewbush.com. Well, Andy, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. It's been a while, but it feels like a lot longer. Yeah, it feels like a century has happened. I mean, there's so much going on in the world so fast. It's, it's hard to kind of get your head around it sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, things are good. Yeah, that speaks to the chaotic world that we're currently living in. And a lot going on globally. Uh, one of them being the upcoming potential food shortage. And that's where I want you to pick up. What's going on here, Andy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the war in the Ukraine is really significant because of how much grain, uh, specifically wheat, that um, uh, the the Ukraine uh, sends out. And and it really hits places like Iran. Um, It it hits Egypt really hard, Turkey as well. They get a lot of their grain from the Ukraine. But it's not only just right now, but it's also the next planting that they're going to miss as well. So from that standpoint, you know, it's estimated that their grain harvest in the Ukraine could fall by 55 percent. And Andy, that has ramifications because um, globally, the world gets 20 percent of its daily calories from bread and wheat. And so if that price starts to go up significantly, which it has, um, then you can start to have really bad things happen for a number of different places. 
And just as a reminder, I mean, this is one of the things that happened back in 2010 with the Arab Spring. I mean, uh, wheat prices had soared. There was a, a lack of wheat um, in Egypt, and that led to uh, the Arab Spring, or one of the conditions in which it leads to the Arab Spring. And just think about it. When people are hungry, they do desperate things. And the best, like, example of that, just the most extreme example of that is what's going on in China because they shut down like 373 million people into their houses, wouldn't let them out, um, and they weren't supplying enough food. People got so emboldened because they were hungry that they were pushing back against the police. They didn't care about what was going to happen. They needed food. So that really gives well, you – it, it encapsulates what's going on in the world when it comes to hunger. It's interesting that you raise the China issue, and that's a whole different animal. But, I mean, we've seen – COVID becoming more contagious. It's not killing as many people, nearly not putting uh, the numbers in the hospital. China right now is treating this like it was two years ago. Uh, This zero COVID policy. I mean, they're basically locking people in, in, in some cases, starving people over basically the flu at this point. Well, I think you can't stop it. That's the thing. Like right. Those tactics worked initially, right, because it wasn't as contagious. This thing has evolved many times. It's mutated. It's a virus. Um, and I always tell people, you know, I, I wrote a book back in 2007 that no one read. And the first five chapters were on infectious disease outbreak and their impact on the economy and markets. And when you do that research, you learn that these things, you know, they mutate, and with a little bit of luck, they go from being, you know, virulent or super deadly and contagious to more contagious and less deadly. And that's what we've seen with this Omicron or BA2 now, whatever, you know, mutation that we have. But that's going to run through China. They, they can't stop it. Whatever they want to try and do, it just spreads too easily. So it, it's kind of crazy time. Um and 40% of their economy was shut down. So we know from a supply chain standpoint, that's going to be problematic uh, trying to get things out of that area. I know they're going to try to restart their auto sector, uh, section over the next uh, maybe week or so. But this is the problem with dealing with supply out of China, that you're subject to the whims of the government that's pursuing a policy that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, I got to throw it in there. You know, I I said this last time. I've actually read your book, World Event Trading, How to Analyze and Profit from Today's Headlines. And yes, um, you kind of gave a a primer on pandemics. The only problem is you were writing it right as the housing crisis was emerging, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But uh, certainly a good A good read, World Event Trading, How to Analyze and Profit from Today's Headlines. So, uh, yeah, so we opened up with China and some of the craziness that's going on there. And and again, like I said, they're acting like the rest of the world was two years ago. But just like it did 100 years ago, after two years, we're starting to see it more and more, more and more contagious less deadly and that's why it's spreading like crazy and you really can't contain it at this point it doesn't matter what you do this less deadly more contagious variant is going to spread and you know like last time fingers crossed that leads to herd immunity that leads to ending all of this you know we've got you know pfizer's got the equivalent of of tamiflu out so from that standpoint, it, you know, we're much, we have a much better understanding of how this thing works. 
and it's still just astonishing that the Chinese, um, you know, they're behind the eight ball because of what they did last time, which was successful, but they, they use their own vaccination, uh, which was developed there, and it's not as effective as Moderna or Pfizer, but they've just started to buy some of Pfizer's essentially Tamiflu drugs. That's great news, but it's fascinating to see that, and it remains such a – it adds to the volatility of prices around the world of what's happening there. I mean, you think about the war in the Ukraine adding volatility to food prices, but also to fertilizer prices, right? Because you're, you can't get natural gas out of that area of the world and you can't get um, what the Ukraine can produce in, 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 as far as uh, fertilizer. And so you really run a problem here and, and, and you force farmers to be innovative for sure, but you also you know, hamstring them because you can't get the fertilizer that you need to get the plants to grow and have the acreage you need and then on top of it, Andy, we have a drought developing in the United States, in the wheat-growing sections of the United States, and in Brazil. So it's like the worst of both worlds here. You're getting limited supply of the things you need to grow, and then you're going to get limited supply of growing the actual product. So I'm really worried about this. It, and the reason why we're concerned about it, yes, we're concerned about people dying from starvation. That's really bad. We're, we're worried about what it will do to prices and inflation. But there's a lot of political instability that can come from this that could ignite the Middle East again. And then you're right back to where we were in 2010, where we didn't know um, if we were going to get enough oil out of that region to supply the world. So it's it's a really crazy situation right now. And then meanwhile, speaking of the energy situation, big time, we've been talking about it on this podcast, huge missteps here on the energy front and we're seeing the result of that. Uh, and believe me, these gas prices, there, there is a Putin premium on this. But they were yeah. rising long before that. Petroleum was rising long before that. And a lot of it was missteps. We've talked about them in the past. So that, that's a factor in all of that. Petroleum's also used in fertilizer. And then some of those missteps we can also say have, has led to some of the things that have been going, off, going on uh, in the Ukraine. As we talk about these various aspects... There's a couple key things and we should hit on, and, and, and you're an expert on this. You know, you have planting and you have fertilizer and then the cycle of planting. And we'll pick Ukraine, for instance, okay? So while this war is going on, farmers can't plant. And the, the one unique thing about food challenges, it's a longer duration that it takes to grow food. And once things go bad... It takes a while to get caught up because food doesn't yeah. instantly grow. So let's just start there. You can use the Ukraine and some other other places in the world, too. It all starts with planting, and that's already becoming a problem for various reasons and explain. Yeah. yeah, I mean, wheat, corn, barley is trapped in Russia and the Ukraine right now that, that supplies you know anywhere between 10 to 20 percent of that to the global market. So that's your starting point. Um, and you make a really good point. It's not like a factory where, you know, if you can get everything back together and then you can start producing stuff within a month or two, you know, the, the growing cycle or the growing season, you know, if you, if you disrupt the ability to 
take the grain out of the field and then it stays in the field, well, then you also uh, disrupt the planting that would go on for the winter that you would grow again. And so you're missing actually two crops. And that's a lot of food uh, to take off the global market. So that's problematic. And then, you know, and just like we said, so then um, we talked about fertilizer a little bit, but then you take a look at the United States and you start thinking about like water supply. Uh, and you think about global water supply, uh, it, it's a problem. Once you get into these drought-like conditions, you know, can you get, you know, water out to the fields in North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, um, if those places are dried out? I mean, it, it's really going to be a problem. And you start to focus on water a little bit more and more because of climate change and just the way that things shift around. Um, we're, we're seeing the, the trade winds um, going from um, uh, kind of like Latin America, south uh, part of the United States, over to China, they're actually going faster. So they're drawing more moisture over there. Um, we have a La Nina effect going on at the same time. So those are, those are not good conditions um, for moisture in the middle part of, of the United States. So um, you've got that going on, and you've got some additional issues down in Brazil. So you really, you know, it's just, I guess as we step back and take a look at all of this, Andy, it reminds me a lot of what was going on in 2007, 2008 with the financial crisis. We didn't realize at that time how stretched the financial system was, the spider-like uh, products that were out there that were caught in the web, whether it was Lehman Brothers or B of A or Merrill Lynch. I mean, everybody had to figure out what was on people's balance sheet before they could figure out if they could do business with them or, you know, could trade with them. It's the same thing now with the supply chains and then, of course, the global food supply chain. So it's interesting to see how we're, we're right back to some extent where we were, you know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. How stretched are we? You know, you mentioned that we didn't quite know at 2008, 2007 in that example. Fast forward today, looking at food production. Andy, how stretched are we? Yeah, extremely. I, I like it, it, look. Um, the UN has put out a warning uh, talking about food insecurity soaring across 20 different hotspots across the planet. Um, you know, granted, uh, this is like South Sudan, Nigeria, Ethiopia. You know, there's other places: Afghanistan, Iran. Um, you know, Somalia, uh, it, th- these are places that are really going to struggle. But I would add in there, um, while those are food insecurity for those areas, we know that because of the lack of grain from Ukraine and Russia, we know that other countries are going to be negatively impacted as well. And, and you start to think of like, okay, some of these countries are going to be able to survive for sure. Uh, the cost of wheat's going to go up, cost of food's going to go up. Um, the people that are hurt the most are the people at the lower end of the income scale. And, and that's really where I get concerned for them um, and what it's going to mean for their lives, for their families, for their children. Um, so it's stretched really far, Andy. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I hope we get a break here, but I'm not, I, I just don't see where relief is going to come from. The poorest people, unfortunately, the two things that they need that hit them the hardest is fuel and food. And that just is exactly what we're seeing right now. Um, Even like a week ago, we were looking at the inflation on food. It's eye-popping, you know, baking up nearly 20% 
poultry, um, meat, ground beef up 15 16%, oranges up 18%. You just look across the board, and that's right now. We're talking yeah. about stuff down the road six months to a year. You said we're stretched, and it could get bad, and it's going to impact a variety of places. There is a geopolitical aspect to this. There's a financial market aspect to it. So my next question for you, Andy, is what's the fallout? You said we're stretched here. What's the fallout on the geopolitical front? I mean, hunger leads to wars. Uh, and then there's sure also does. a financial market uh, component to this. So explain. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound too negative about this because human beings are extraordinarily adaptable and they find ways to uh, overcome these obstacles. So look, that's my starting point. At some point, we'll, we'll, we'll get a grasp of what can be done um, versus the, all the negative outcomes. But staring at this right now, it's, it's really hard for me to see where relief is going to come from. So the pressure will bi- continue to build. Um, I think a couple of things will happen uh, in short order. Number one, the war in Ukraine is not going to last. I don't believe it will last past May 9th. Um, there's a good chance it'll be shut down by then, or at least the hardest um, hit areas, the, the big push that's going to occur now, uh, it very likely will be over by then. So that will ease up some of the conditions. And, and I think with that, then we could get some relief. If that doesn't stop or slow down significantly by May 9th, then that's where I get really nervous about things. So from that standpoint, that's kind of a target date that I'm looking at very closely. It's a little um, sidebar thing. Beyond- that just right right before we came on, just a little nugget. You know, the Kremlin has admitted to losing 25% of their forces. Uh, that yeah. that just popped yeah, over. They- so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing is uh, the Ukraine is hanging in there a lot tougher than people thought. So I, I'm just curious, where did you get that May 9th date, and, and, and how are you using that as a benchmark? I'm just curious. Yeah, because that was the date that the Russians celebrated um, the defeat of the Nazis. And so it, it, the Russians are really big on anniversaries, and so uh, it, it is believed by a lot of experts, um, not just me, but other people who are in the geopolitical space, um, that Putin is trying to come up with some type of victory by that date so that they can say, see, here, we're victorious, you know, let's celebrate, and then we can, um, you know, just sit tight on the areas that we've already taken over, like possibly Mariupol, but that's been a really bright spot for the Ukrainians. Um, They prepared for it extraordinarily well, and they're actually doing great in this old steel mill area. So it's really hard for the Russians to get them out of there. Um, as long as they can hold Mariupol and Odessa, um, they might be able to get that grain out. Um, but you're not going to get steel out of that area. You, you probably won't be able to get um, neon gas, which is a byproduct of the steel production that goes on in Russia. And that goes into semiconductor chips, believe it or not. So that's another component. But that's the best thing. Like, if we're going to hang our hats on something that will change uh, the script on this or flip the script on what's been going on, it would be uh, Russia, um, you know, stopping or at least just holding on to the games that they have on May 9th and not having any major uh, offensive from that point forward. So that's the thing that I think with the financial markets, we're, we're in this S&P is like a 4,200, 4,600 range. 
I think we keep running back and forth between those spots because this is this is a spot that they're thinking about overall traders and investors. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. And again, that's Bush, B-U-S-C-H. So be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you totally be doing us a solid there and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we drop gains episodes on wednesday and friday mornings we'll be right back with andrew bush talking food shortages and what that means for the economy and markets right after this break if you enjoy learning about communities culture and history then shades of the city podcast is for you. We will bring you stories like the legacy of Johnson Publishing Company, most notably known for Jet and Ebony magazines. Basically what the world said African-American people could not do, these magazines proved otherwise. Subscribe now to Shades of the City on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back with Andrew Bush, former Chief Markets Intelligence Officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. And again, that's B-U-S-C-H. Um, as we were heading into the break, we were talking about the food shortages and what's behind it. Now we're going to take a look at the potential fallout and the impact on markets and the economy. Uh, Andy, we talked about food shortages and the risk here. As an economist and someone who watches the market, what is the play here? How do you counter this? How do you protect your portfolio? How big of a concern is this for financial markets going forward? Well, I think it, it, you know, it's, it's a zero-one situation to some extent, where if you do get the Russians to stop by May 9th, then the world looks you know, a lot different. Um, we'll also, at that time, we'll be through the major earnings season for the S&P. So, um, and we'll have, 
pretty much had a blueprint for what the Federal Reserve is going to do as far as interest rates, because they'll have their meeting and we'll see what they're doing. Um, and we'll see what some of the other central banks are doing. I, I would also say that as we look forward, um, we're going to get an easing of, of inflation overall. Um, it's, it's not going to um, stay at 8.5%. It's, it's going to be reduced down. Um, and we'll see how far the Fed wants to go. So as we're looking out into the future, like we've got a lot of bad things happening right now that, that keep guys like me up at night. But I would say overall, um, you just have to look at what your long-term play is. When you, Because when, I'm a long-term investor. I, I'm not a short-term trader. Short-term traders can go in and out of this stuff as much as they want. Um, but a couple of things stand out to me. Um, first of all, um, we're going to get through a lot of this bad stuff, I think, by mid-May. So I think overall the stock market will do fine. I think the I think if it does anything, it'll break to the upside through 4,600 on the S&P. So that's one perspective I had. Uh, I have the second perspective I have is on the housing market in the U.S. Um, that's going to start to break a little bit. We we need a break in the fever of what's been going on in housing and um, the prices there. So we expect you know places like home builders and so on to do okay going forward, but it's just going to be more and more expensive for people to buy uh, new homes. So I think that sector is going to be under duress for um, for at least another six to nine months. And then finally, as the, you know, you raise interest rates, it's hard not to like the financial sector because they, you know, banks do well when you see rising interest rates. Their what we call their NIM or net interest margin uh, improves significantly when interest rates go up. So that's that's kind of the play that I see over the next maybe three to six months. How about other areas, sectors in the market and the economy? Are you, are you looking at fertilizer companies? How do you protect yeah, your, I mean, you know, because we're talking about this this food shortage and coming six months to a year down the road. I mean, we're going to start seeing it. Uh, what's the play? How do you, uh, is there sectors, are there plays to protect your portfolio or maybe even profit at this point? Yeah, it's tough because this stuff moves really fast. So to participate in that, I mean, you've kind of seen this go really quickly already. What I would say, you know, with what we've discussed today, you've got about, you know, a three-week window of which this could peak. And if it does peak, we'll start to see those prices come off significantly. But overall, the shortages that are out there will continue onward after the the war. So one play would be to wait to see if the war, you know, the active war ceases around that date and then try to, you know, when the market starts to sell off some of those securities, try to step in and and buy those for longer term play, not something that's going to happen over the next month or so, but something that's going to happen over the next two, three, five years. And you know, the end of the war between Russia and Ukraine will not end food shortage concerns. It may help some and peace is a good thing, of course, but there are so many issues in so many areas surrounding food production right now. And a ton of risk still remains, even if we get a resolution in the Russia, Ukraine thing. No, it it definitely isn't. I mean, look, anytime you have the Fed raising interest rates and you have high inflation and you have shortages of food, that's not a good combination for equity. So, I mean, if if, if we can, you know, get through this storm of the summer uh, with what's going on um, and not have it continue into the fall, that would be a big victory. We've had extraordinary gains in the equity markets across the planet. 
now all these central banks are reducing the amount of stimulus. So there's got to be an adjustment process here. Um, there's still a lot of momentum in the economy, even though the IMF and the World Bank have reduced their growth uh, prospects down. Um, we know China is going to have a big hit to their economy in the second quarter because they've shut down their economy. Um, they will reopen and it will have a spurt, but it's going to take a little while for that to get going. So there's just a lot of stuff that has to wash through um, these markets. And, you know, if you're looking out and you believe that we're going to get into a recession down the road, like in 2023, well, then these higher interest rates are, are going to make bonds a lot more attractive in about three to six months. Um, so you're going to want to keep an eye on that as, as maybe not a safe haven, but actually as a pure play, uh, depending on where they stabilize that, you know, if, if the tenure goes to three and a quarter or three and a half, you know, I, I mean, that's pretty significant, but that's, you know, to me, that's where it's some good value is. And then finally, as we wrap up today's conversation, my last question is, do you see a recession coming down the line here? And then uh, give us your takeaway from today's discussion. You know, I don't see a recession in 2022. Um, you know, as you get out into 2023, you'll have less and less government stimulus out there. So then you can return to uh, time frames or you can turn to quarters where you're going to see you know, much slower growth. And I would say, look, if you're talking about a growth recession, it's already happened. The first quarter is only going to be about 1% GDP. So just keep that in the back of your mind. But, but you know, the, as you go further out from all of the stimulus that we put into the system through, you know, all of the different uh, programs that the federal government has on, on uh, spending um, and the Fed withdrawals their stimulus, you know, you return to a glide path that's somewhere between one and a half to maybe 2% GDP. And that's when you can have some additional items that would take you down the path of really slow growth and even negative growth, you know, further into 2023. All right. So Andy says no recession, at least in 2022. Big thanks again to Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. Bush spelled B-U-S-C-H. Again, thanks for listening to the Gains Podcast. And I tell you this always, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back on Friday morning, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 